0: Welcome to the Core Women Podcast. My name is Dr. Summer Watson. I'm a doctor of psychology, podcaster, published author, coach, producer of documentary empowerment films, and empowerment seminars. This podcast is a special place for the hearts and souls of women. It is a place where women share their journeys, strength, resiliency, strategy, and passions. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Elizabeth Ruffin. Elizabeth, also known as Beth, is an entrepreneur, coach, author, podcaster, and host of At The Table, and wrote the book Get Up, which details her journey of self-acceptance after experiencing sexual assault at the age of 17. We have a great deal to talk about here today, Beth, so let's get right into this and welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So Beth, let's start with your journey in corporate America and how this developed into realizing your dream to be an entrepreneur and the development of your business, Everyday Inclusionist.
1: Absolutely. Um, So I spent 20 years in corporate America and I was in the insurance industry. I know it doesn't sound that exciting, right? (laughs) Um, But I kind of accidentally found my way into insurance. After graduating from college with an English degree, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. So I just threw my resume out to, you know, a few different places. And an insurance company happened to be the one who responded. I started, you know, doing customer service work. And I just slowly built my career in that industry. Um, The industry was very good to me. You know, it, I was able to get promoted to, you know, get increasingly bigger salaries to learn and to have a lot of visibility and opportunities within that. But during the last few years of my career, I just really felt like it wasn't enough. I felt like I wanted to be making more of an impact. You know, I have a daughter who is middle school aged. Um, I was traveling a lot. I wanted to be home with her more. So I really wanted to have the opportunity to control my career. And I, yeah, I saw entrepreneurship
0: was the way to do that. Now, tell us a little bit about entrepreneurship, your business, Everyday Inclusionist, and how that name came about, because that's a really interesting name. I like it. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. The last few years of my career, I was doing inclusion and diversity work and I loved it. And I felt like, wow, this is really what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I found like I had found my calling. And so I knew going into business for myself, I wanted to still do that same work. So I was working for a, a Fortune 250 company doing the diversity and inclusion. And I wanted to do that same work on a smaller level. You know, a lot of these large firms, they have the resources, you know, to have an office, to have staff. But I wanted to really work with those organizations that maybe they can't hire a full time chief diversity officer, right? Or they can't have a full office, but they see the need of this work and they want to still do this work on their own. And so that's where I come in as a consultant or as an executive coach, you know, to either help them build strategy or do training um, so that they can still have that inclusive work environment. And the name really came from because. To me, I try to simplify the act of being inclusive. And so I believe that every day there are small things you can do to really become more inclusive. So that's where the name of the business came from.
0: I like that whole idea of doing something small every day to be more inclusive. Can you give us a couple of tips as to how to approach that? Because sometimes we're just thinking so large that we just need to think more simply about how we can be inclusive.
1: Absolutely. You know, the first step in being inclusive is really arming yourself with knowledge. And so pick a different podcast one day to listen to, right? Right. Pick, um, you know, a different radio station or a different news station, right? Or if there's someone that you know from a different culture, invite them out to lunch and just have a mutual conversation about, you know, how you were raised and get to know people on that cellular level. Right. Um, so yeah, just small little tweaks like that, so that you're arming yourself with knowledge. You know, um, watching a, a foreign film, right? Just how can you expose yourself to those things which are different, so that you can gain that understanding? I believe that's really that first step that leads to inclusion.
0: Well, I love that, and that's a great tip. I really appreciate that. So you're an author, and you've written a couple of books. But let's talk about your book, Get Up, and where the courage came from to reveal what happened to you at 17.
1: Yeah. So it actually took me 10 years to write the book, not because it's extremely long, but because I did write about the assault in detail. I felt it was important to do that. Um, But I realized that I had to be freed from the situation before I could write that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, at at 17, I experienced this horrific incident, and I didn't tell anyone. Um, I didn't tell my parents. I told my parents uh, two years ago, actually. So I didn't tell anyone, didn't really tell friends, family. Um, I just kind of carried that shame around with me, and I began to notice how it affected the way that I interacted in future relationships that I had. And um, a few years ago, when Me Too movement came out, there was a lot of talk around why I didn't report. And I just got the courage to, to jump on a live video and to tell that story and to talk about why I didn't report because you know you hold on to that shame and guilt, you're, you're afraid you know, if you have to relive the experience. Right? right. Um, and so after I recorded that live video, I had so many women reaching out to me like, you know, I've experienced something similar. Thank you. You know, I love your vulnerability, your transparency, your honesty has helped me accept it for myself. Like I'm, you know, cause one of the things that was important to me was that the shame is not mine to carry. It's his shame to carry. Right. It's not mine. And so after that, after that reception, I knew, I said, okay, it's time for me to finish this book. So I I was able to finish that scene um, in the book and then write the rest, which is really a guidebook for, for helping people get up, you know, in this life, we will be knocked down. That's inevitable. Um, But you always have the power to get back
0: up. Well, those are some words of wisdom right there. And I like what you said when you first started talking about it is that it took you 10 years to write the book and you had to have your own self-healing. How did you, how did you know at that point you were okay that you did some self-healing? Yeah, that's a really good question.
1: I'll tell you how I knew that I was healed was when I was able to talk about it without crying. That was just for me personally, when I was able to speak about it. But I think for so long, my identity was tied up in that, right? Right. Um, For so long, my identity was, I am a rape victim. Right. And, you know, as you get older, as you mature, and you start to, to see that your value lies in other pieces of who you are, and just seeing that I am so much more than that, that that is just a minuscule part of who I am, then that confidence grows, right? And you start to see yourself holistically for who you are. So I don't know that there's any like a point in time or anything specifically that I did. I just think that as I focused on the things that energized me, like being a mom, right? Being really good at what I do, you know, being a good friend and a good child to my parents. I think those things kind of help to cast a shadow over that experience.
0: Well, and it sounds like having that purpose, having that I'm the mom and I'm really good at this and I'm really good at working in this field in corporate America. I'm really good at being an entrepreneur. You also did some of that healing. You came to terms. And I think what you said earlier on was, ownership of shame whose Mm -hmm. onus was that was that his was that yours that was definitely his and you finally came at some point to terms with that that this shame is not for you to own it's for him to own absolutely and so with having written the book is this person aware that the story is out there I don't know um actually
1: I've never talked with him again um after this happened at 17. So I don't know. Um I did, you know, of course change
0: the name in the book. Right. Um so yeah, I can't answer that question. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you were able to get it out that you did that self-healing, that the ownership of shame was put on the person that needed to own the shame, um that you were able to share your story and help others maybe through their journey as well. So Thank you for sharing that because I know that it takes a lot of courage when you go through an experience such as that or a very life-impacting experience to share that experience with friends, family, and the public. So thank you for doing that. Can you touch on the subject of your other book, You Belong Here? Yes, I'm
1: really excited about this book. Um, As you know, I I do the work of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And and what I noticed was that most of the work I was doing was teaching leaders to be inclusive, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm talking with CEOs, with board members, with, you know, VPs, and I'm telling them how to be inclusive, right? But I noticed that there was a missing part of inclusion, and that's the self-inclusion part, right? Because Mm -hmm. if we spend most of our time waiting to be included, we're putting all of the power in their hands. Right. And so what self-inclusion is, is that you are also saying, hey, I belong here. I have value. I need to be seen and heard. Right. And so that's what you belong here is about is teaching people how to include yourself. Um, it's specifically, it's really geared for leaders for, you know, kind of those who would describe themselves as a servant leader, right. Okay. Give, 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 give. Yes. And they don't take time to kind of give to themselves. Um, so it's really about, Hey, let's take a minute. Let's focus on you. And let's make sure that you're getting what you need to be seen and heard in this world.
0: I like that. So self-inclusion—that is a really interesting perspective because we're always thinking about kind of the reverse: how do we include other people versus how do we include know that we're included in this, in this structure, in this, um, in this entity, in this organization. Where do you find your place?
1: Absolutely. I, I was speaking with a young woman who she was asking me, what could she do? She'd been at a job for 20 years and had never gotten a promotion. And so I'm going through all the things. I'm saying, okay, do you, do you have a mentor? Do you, you know, have you volunteered on stuff? Have you, you know, I'm kind of going through all of the things, personal development. I'm going through all the things. That I would recommend to someone when I'm coaching them of how to be like seen and get those opportunities. And she's like, yep, every single one she checked off. Yep, I've done all that. I told her, I said, well, you have a choice to make. And she said, no, no, I can't leave. I, I can't, no, no, I can't leave. I can't leave this job. I said, okay, you've made the choice, right? But oftentimes people feel stuck and they're waiting for someone to give them that push
0: forward when they've had the power all along. Right. To take a step. Yeah. An analogy I can give is if you're in a very interesting relationship and you say to somebody, you know, I'm going to leave you, but they never leave. They never get up and leave. Mm -hmm. They've got a choice whether or not to actually leave. But in some cases, I truly believe that people wait for the other person to make that decision for them. And that that decision does not have to be made by the other person. It's taking the courage and understanding why you would make that decision in the first place. And then secondly, figure out a strategy based on your decision as to what to do next. So rather than many times being reactive, we want to be responsive and we want to take a step back. And I like this self-inclusion because it also takes... Some burden off of you thinking that you don't belong. Mm-hmm. It takes that burden off of you thinking if you just have the mindset of, I always belong, it's my choice to, as to whether or not I want to be here. Exactly. Yes. And I love that because that's a burden that can be lifted for many people because if you feel like, I'm thinking back when I went to Cal and there were 30,000 people that were going to UC Berkeley at the time, way back when, and I thought to myself, I don't know where I belong. Mm -hmm. But if I said to myself, you know, in regards to a group of people, because there were so many people that I was still trying to find myself, right? And find a group. And if I just thought to myself, I belong anywhere I choose to be, that burden might have been lifted a bit. It's so true because it's a mindset.
1: It is. And when you had that mindset, you know, it's funny because I always tell people, I said, once I truly recognized my value that I bring to this world, I knew I could never work for anyone else again. Right. That's, that's my story. I know everyone's not meant to be an entrepreneur, but, but once you recognize your value and once you say, you know what, I belong here, you're not going to let anyone
0: do, do wrong by you. Right. right because i think that empowers people it empowers them to to make the choice as to where they want to be knowing that they could be anywhere they can choose to be anywhere it's just a matter of where they choose to be exactly and that sometimes that takes insight number 1 that takes courage number 2 and that takes the know-how, like, how do I make, how do I go about making these decisions? And Mm -hmm. I think that's where you come in as a coach, which is really great to kind of guide and strategize about how would you go about making these decisions? How would you go about understanding and really grasping the idea of that mindset?
1: Yeah, I, it's funny because the work that I set out to do a lot Mm -hmm. of times is I'm, you know, I've sit down with a woman and I'll say, okay, let's kind of go over a plan of how you can get from A to B. But the way that it usually ends up is I am helping her discover the greatness that she has inside of her. Right. Because a lot of times, you know, people will say, (laughs) I'll give you an example. I have a, I have a really good friend and she Want, wanted to start her own business, doing some learning development, learning activities with adults and children. And I'm like, absolutely. Because for years I could see that she would be an amazing teacher, right? Like right. amazing. She didn't see it. She wow. was scared. And I'm thinking I would pay you thousands of dollars to like, to teach me what you do, you right. know? And so our conversation started out as let's like, it started out as tactical, but it ended up really being, okay, now you're going to figure out, I want you to discover how I see you and I need you to see yourself that way too. Um, so a lot of times with, with the women that are drawn to me that I work with, they need that help to even get to
0: the point of feeling like they belong. Right. Yeah, truly. Because sometimes people just don't see their own value. Yeah. Or they're ashamed to say that they have value, which is really interesting. And I've come across that as well, where we're not supposed to talk about our own value. Yeah. And that's interesting to me because we all have to find internal value before we go seeking what's going to make us happy. And I think just a lot of times we were just raised or taught that be humble, Mm -hmm. go with the flow. Or and now times are changing. Times are really, it's a different time, a different space. And it's about what value do you internally feel? Where are you today? What do you want to do? What is your passion? What is your and for you to be able to work with people to talk about these things is so important because sometimes the biggest thing that distracts us or gets in the way is ourselves. Absolutely.
1: 100%. Absolutely. (laughs) And I say there's a difference between, between being cocky and confident, right? There's nothing wrong with being confident. Um, but you know, when you think when we're, let's talk about from a business perspective, you cannot sell, right? You, you cannot bring value to other people and receive in
0: return if you're not confident in, in yourself. Right. Or Elizabeth, I think too, just as an add on here that you don't have an awareness of mm-hmm. your own value. So some people are just completely blind to what their value is. Yes. Especially in a world
1: where we see value being placed upon a lot of superficial things. hmm And so then you think, you know, I'll give you an example. For me, I'm an empath, huge empath. Um, And so I've always been extremely sensitive. And, you know, growing up, I mean, that wasn't valued, right? Like you're supposed to be like tough and have thick skin. And I mean, especially looking at women in business, you know, the women who were in leadership that I saw growing up, they didn't cry. You know (laughs) what I mean? They were, they were, you know, they were very Uh, bold. And, and so you think to yourself, my goodness, how can I be successful as a sensitive empath? Uh, But now I know that as a coach, my goodness. So when I sit down with a woman and she wants to talk about a, I'm like, no, I can feel she really, we really need to be talking about B. Right. And so that, that has made me successful in what I do, but I had to be able to find value in my uniqueness um, because this world will tell you, you, you have to be a cookie cutter, certain type of way to be successful. And that's just not
0: true. Right. And I think that's where you have this great opportunity to change that dialogue and that rhetoric. And it's something that I just posted today about being yourself, being authentic, and I think people are very uncomfortable with that because as you said, there's cookie cutter ways that we need to fit in, so to speak. And you can see that over history, you know, over time when you're talking about women in corporation, and you can see how we've adapted our dress, mm-hmm. our speech, <laughs> the way we function, like you said, having to have thick skin, not being an empath in corporate America because you're not going to make it. But we did that because the model that we were configuring around was a male-dominated model. Yep. And if you look at the history, even in the 80s, what were we doing? We were wearing pants, suits, skirts. (laughs) We started wearing, we started breaking the glass ceiling. We were having to adapt to the, the rhetoric or the, the verbiage that they were using in corporate America to be one of the boys. Yep. And that doesn't have to be the case anymore. Not at all. So we can change that rhetoric and that mindset and the way we function today in corporate America. It is okay to be who you are, understanding your value, not being cocky, but being confident, as you said, and changing that dialogue. And I love that you have this opportunity and you're working with people to do that. So bravo, that is awesome. Thank you, thank you. At this point, I'm gonna ask you, of all the things that we've touched on, is there anything that you wanna touch on that I have yet to mention?
1: Yes, Um, something that I wish I would have known when I was earlier is something I like to tell women And, and that's very simple, that you are enough, that the way you are built, the way you think, the gifts you have, the experience you have, the talents you have, it's enough. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have room to develop, you don't have room to grow and learn, but you're enough just the way you are right now. That's something that I wish more young people, more young women knew about themselves, that don't play the comparison game, right? Right. Don't think that you have to have all this material wealth but that you have value just as you are, that you have purpose just as you are. And once
0: you learn that and realize and accept that you're unstoppable. Right. And those are such wise words. And I think that when you break it down, people are impacted by many factors by how they are raised, what they were told, what society was telling them because of A, B, and C. And to break down those barriers sometimes can be difficult, but yes, be who you are, be your authentic self. And I think that that can take some courage. So I love that. I love that you're offering those those words of wisdom. And that actually got me to my last question. And my last question for every guest is always, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be?
1: (laughs) Hmm. You belong here. I, I mean, I just, you know, you're here, you belong here. You are, you can make an impact right where you are. Don't ever let anyone Tell you otherwise, don't ever let anyone make you feel like you don't belong here because you do.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. And thank you for those words of wisdom. And thank you, Beth, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. If you would like to know more about Beth Ruffin, please follow her on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the Beth Ruffin, her website at bethruffin.com. Or by email, you can reach her at info at bethruffin.com. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, send me a video or an email of your story, providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at info at I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women Home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow CORE Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about CORE Women in your social media posts, please hashtag CORE Women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about CORE Women, and please stay tuned for continued growth of the CORE Women movement. Let's grow and drive change together.